You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, folks? I'm coming at you live from the Tone Mob HQ. Well, I guess not live. This is pre-recorded, but you know, you know what I mean. I'm here for you. And so is Matt from Mule Resonator Guitars. I'm very excited to bring him back on the show. The first time he recorded, well, we got into it a little bit, but let's just say things have changed dramatically for both of us. So it was it was time to revisit. And uh, now that I actually have one of his guitars, it just made all the sense in the world. So that is what we're doing today. He's a great guy. He's got a lot of really cool insight and has had some awesome experiences to talk about. So the really good chat, I think you'll really dig it. And the the Patreon content, I got to say, was extra hot as well. So if that's your thing, you can go over to patreon.com slash tone mob. And for five bucks a month, you will get extra episodes right to your ears, right in your player. You get a you get your own special access to all that. And yeah, it's a it's a fun time for everyone. So if you'd like to support the show and get some extra content, that is a way to do just that. And one more thing, if you'd like to support the show by your gear buying habits, don't forget about tonemob.com slash reverb. That has been fixed, by the way. I said a, a couple episodes ago that it was having some issues. That's all dialed in. It's working as it should, and a lot of you are using it. So thank you very much. So anything you do on Reverb, just go to tonemob.com slash Reverb. Whether you're buying, selling, or if this is the first time you've ever heard of Reverb somehow, or you've just avoided making an account until now, signing up helps out too. So that's a free way to support the show. You can just sign up for an account, and then if you ever need to Reverb, It'll be there for you. So tonemob.com slash reverb is that place. And I will shut up with this blabbering and we'll get it right into the episode with Mr. Matt Ike. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Tone Mob podcast, the show about guitar tone and the people behind it. I'm your host, Blake Wyland, And with me today, I have returning. Mr. Matt Ike from Mule Resonator Guitars. What's going on, man? Hey. Oh, I'm happy to be back. I think uh, last time we talked, I was sitting on my couch in my basement, what, five years ago or so when we first did I don't this. think it was that so long ago. Not, I think it was a while. I, I was, um, I've been in this shop for four years, I think, and uh, that, was, that was before we moved into a real shop. Oh, so, okay. Well... Now, 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 now I'm professional. <laughs> yeah, now, it's yeah really now, now we're both so professional. <laughs> well, so, I mean, in the interest yes. of, of clarity, I'm pretty sure where I was when I was recording was in the lab at my former employer. Um, oh, so, nice. <laughs> so, which, you know, a lot of listeners know I've, I haven't been there for probably a year and a half, two years now. So, yeah, things have changed for nice. both of us quite a bit. And that's kind of why I yeah. kind of why I wanted to get you back on because I I knew that things had changed drastically for both of us in that time frame and I wanted to, you know, well, for all the new listeners, if this is the first time you're hearing from Matt, go back and listen to his episode. Uh, just Google Tone Mob Mule Resonators, I'm guaranteed it'll pop up. Um and then uh then listen to this one cuz this is going to be an update. I want to know what you've been up to since then. Let's talk about the new shop and the, the new guitars. You weren't making mule casters back then. We got all kinds of things to talk about. Oh, yeah. And then I have one now. So that's a different story, too. So. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Great. There's all sorts of yes. stuff. Um, yeah. So, so, um, so, yeah, the last time we talked, it was just me. And I was, um, I was starting mule in uh, the basement of the house that I was renting. And, um, and uh, then uh, now... I have five employees, and we're making about 150 um, resonators and mule casters um, a year. And the mule casters are the new thing. Um, they're a T and S style uh, guitar, electric guitar, but the bodies are still made out of steel. And um, so, um, so that's that's kind of the big shift. I think we started doing those. Um, three years ago and in the first year i think we sold like three or four of them and then the second year we sold maybe 10 and now it's now it's about half of what we do oh wow we do, yeah yeah it's it it's it's been it's been huge it's a really it was a, it was it's a really unique sounding shift. guitar and we were talking about this like 
I, I, I like the first time I heard one, I was like, well, that is that is different. Um, you know, I have like sort of varying opinions on Tonewood. Like, I know that mm-hmm. like like a lot of people like are like, it's not it's not a thing that doesn't exist. I'm like, uh, yeah. I don't know for sure. I do know that I've picked up identical guitars that were identically set up and and specked out and everything. And one was good and one wasn't. Um, yeah. So I don't know what I, I can't. I'm not a scientist. I don't know what that what that is, but it's like there's yeah. there's sometimes an audible sonic difference between two identical guitars. And yeah, well I think I think that you hit it right there with that you're not a scientist. And I think I think that's I think that's the perfect way to be when it comes to when it comes to uh picking guitars. I think I think maybe this has been your experience with the resonator too. The reason I love resonators is that if you pick up a steel bodied resonator guitar, there is a hundred percent chance that that's going to change the way that you approach the instrument. It's going to change the choices that you make musically. And that's incredibly valuable. Mm -hmm. And so, so for me, what's refreshing about, using steel is that when someone picks up a you know a t-style steel-bodied guitar and what they expect is just another copy and they hear something that they've never heard before and they go what is this what do i do with this thing um that that's so fun because otherwise you're you're picking up 10 10 different instruments trying to find the one that kind of sort of maybe speaks to you a little bit and you can't find those guitars that change your playing of course it's just a longer process you know so it's you know this kind of medium is just like an immediate shot in the arm you know you, you can't do anything but wake up when you when you strum on an obnoxiously loud resonator guitar, <laughs> you know so and that's what's super fun about being in this little niche so so i i wanted to ask you who did you make the first one for yourself? I mean, a mule caster is what I mean by that. Did you do the just for yourself or did somebody order one? Or what, what made you make that? No, I, d- I just did that for me. Um, that was mainly an excuse to buy a TIG welder so I could teach myself how to TIG. All right. And um, so the process of building the body is different for that. Um, and so, so I bought a TIG welder and then uh, started doing that. And that was... You know, it was it was partly just because I had wanted to try it, and then um, and then it was <coughs> also partly because you know there's a whole nother um, there's a whole nother group of people that you know that could have appealed to, but I wasn't really expecting the sonic difference. I think I maybe should have, but the steel is just so loud internally um, that really comes through the pickups. And what that really changes is like the inflection in your right hand playing. Mm-hmm. So it's a very expressive instrument. Um, so, the, I mean, the tone is obviously different, but when you play soft, it's so soft. But the headroom on a guitar like that is so loud comparatively that any little change in your right hand comes out in your playing. And that's a really musical difference it's not just oh it's more trebly or it's more bassy it's a really musical emotive uh a change compared to a wood body guitar yeah it's definitely not subtle to me no it, it is it, not subtle it is yeah. not it's like whoa we have something else on our hands here like it's an electric guitar like yeah and that's kind of where the similarities end sonically it's like it definitely sounds like an electric guitar yeah. but it's a different kind of it's it it's immediately recognizable. So if anybody hasn't heard one, uh, you know, I, I, my first experience hearing one live, obviously I heard it on, I could hear it on my phone. Like it wasn't, it, sometimes you can't hear differences on your phone because it's a little tiny speaker and, you know, compressed in all kinds of dumb ways. Um, but you, I think these are so apparent. It, like I was like, yeah, I, I can definitely tell that sounds way different than anything I've ever played. And then hearing uh, Ariel Posen, he came through Portland here, not, too long ago um maybe yeah maybe it was like four or five months ago and uh and hearing it live was was something else like that was uh that was like oh yeah that is the vibe i was i was picking up on it's it's, yeah i agree Uh, the first i think i think i was convinced about the 
you know, the mule caster being a thing when I when I heard Joshua Davis here in Michigan play his and he had two other guitars with him that night. And so he would swap between the instruments. And um and when he picked up the mule caster and started playing, it was in the first couple measures and me and one of my other guys kind of looked at each other like oh there's something there you know mm-hmm. when in that you know, especially in the live mix you know like the reason that a mandolin cuts through so well in a bluegrass band mix is because it occupies a sonic space that isn't shared with other instruments right in the in the eq and i think with the mule caster i think it it does that too so it occupies this space that's typically shared between like you know a bass guitar or another guitar you know the drums or something and with the mule caster the eq is just different enough to where when someone picks it up and plays it it just really pops out in front and that really adds a different feel to the live the live mix so kind of sidestepping from the mule casters a little bit i want to talk to you about the resonators a little bit um because the one I have is a little bit older. Uh, I don't remember exactly which year it is. Um, and I haven't really said this publicly before because he's not that type of guy who wants, uh, you know, everybody to be like, oh, you're so awesome. But it's <laughs> it's it's kind of a it's it's a really extra special guitar for me because it used to belong to Brian Fallon, who I am a. A huge fan of, as the listeners know, and he's become like a gear, a gear buddy, sort of, which is kind of mind blowing. I mean, yeah, I guess if we we step back to when we were first podcasting, never in a million years, like would I have expected that? Like never, like I had no idea that doing this podcast was going to let me like get me to talk to people that I respect as artists. Like I, I figured that the makers were relatively easy to get a hold of. Um, but I did not think that the artists would be so receptive to talking to me. So, but, and, uh, basically I was just wearing a mule hat when we, we met in person, uh, here in Portland and he was like, Oh, you have one of those. So I was like, no. And he's like, Oh, well, you, <laughs> how about you yeah, send you mine? I'm like, what no, are you talking cool. about? That's so like, so cool. you know, one of my favorite songwriters ever. And you know, now that's one of my favorite guitars, even if it wasn't his, um, you know, and he was just like, he was like, yeah, I really, really like it. But he's like, he's the type of guy who only keeps like four guitars on hand. Sure. Um, and he feels like it's kind of a waste for him to have more than that. And I'm yeah. like hoarding. I'm just hoarding all of the <laughs> instruments. And uh, he's, he's like, if you'll play it, you know, he's like, I'm he's like, I just don't have time right now, you know, to to give it the attention it deserves. And I was like, sure, it's going to get all the attention over here. So, yeah. And but yeah. I want to talk about that build a little bit because sure. this one has a P90 in it. Yeah. And I don't think you do that anymore. No, we use um we use um our mule uh, Tom Thumbuckers now. And the reason that we switched from the original P90 to the mini humbuckers is with the mini humbucker, it, it's still, it, I hesitate to compare it to the P90, but it still has kind of that more, like a little bit more snap than like a full size humbucker, but with, with the hum canceling. And we, Mm -hmm. we had enough people who said like, I love it but it would be really great to not have to fuss with that. Um, yeah. Uh, live that we just switched. And then those mini humbuckers are the ones that we use on the mule casters as well. So um, I think, I think that kind of ties in, you know, the sound together. It really, ref- we've tried other pickups inside both of those things and the, the minis really reflect the sound of the body the best so that's that's what we've that's what we're sticking with now that's interesting yeah i i kind of assumed that was the case Uh, but i i i mean i love the sound of this p90 but obviously it's a lot to handle when you get any kind of volume close by right and that's Um, the thing because you know with the resonators it's it's a acoustic guitar and it's metal so you mm -hmm. know you're gonna be able to plug it in and play it live but you're gonna have to uh wrangle with it a little bit when it comes to feedback so so putting in a a mini humbucker is kind of our tip of the hat to like 
we know your pain and we're trying to help you out. <laughs> right. You know, right. just to combat the physics of the instrument. It is what it is. You're not gonna be able to plug it in and, you know, and thrash over your drummer, but it's not that instrument, but um but with the minis that kinda helps. Yeah. Well it made me curious. I wondered, because uh, I didn't I noticed that the mule casters had the humbuck the mini humbuckers too. Um and so I was curious, like, did you, you try, did you try your original P90 with the mule yeah, caster we, yeah, yet? We, so that, that might work. Well, so, a little yeah. Better. So we tried, um, originally it was a, it was a tele pickup in the bridge and a P90 in the neck. And then we've also Ooh. tried full humbuckers and, um, and I liked them all, but, but every time we tried something and compared it to the mini humbuckers, the mini humbuckers in that steel body had that kind of um it had that sound you know like we were talking earlier where someone would strum it and you go oh that's different and if we put full size humbuckers in it sounds great but it sounds more like a nice full humbucker guitar and if if we gotcha. put a P90 in it's like it sounds great it's got that presence but it didn't reflect the the sound of the body as as specifically. So so it's kind of like we decided just to sit in that little pocket and own it, <laughs> you know, as opposed to try to chase, you know, and offer, you know, 10 different pickups and all of that. Because the context is so unique. You know, it's for the resonators, it's a three-inch depth body. It's a resonator guitar and it's made out of steel. So you might come in and say, well, I really like these Lawler vintage wound, <laughs> you know, whatever it is. And, but you like that in a wood bodied electric guitar, not in a steel bodied acoustic resonator guitar. It's a whole different, a whole different context. So we just picked one and, you know, after trying it and said, you know, this is the way. This mm -hmm. is the way. This is the way. Well, I, I have found, though, a, a, a way to combat the, the feedback. It doesn't do a lot of good for, for live playing, but uh, it's, it's, it's a strange, it's just kind of a strange, funny thing to do. But I, I run my guitar cord out of the door okay. uh, yeah. outside, and I, sit, I have a little, like, a little tiny front porch on, on the front of yeah. the shred shed. Um, and so I've, I actually made an IGTV video probably six months ago or so, um, where I was playing the resonator through, I think like some reverb and stuff. I I loved how it sounded. I couldn't, but I couldn't stop it from feeding back in the in yeah. the room because I, I had the amp up pretty loud. Um, which I you know I obviously knew that was going to happen, but I was I'm just always out here sonically experimenting with nonsense. Yeah, that's the um, fun part. <laughs> and and so I I just I just I just ran my guitar cable out of the door and just sat on the front porch and and kind of like set my camera oh, up cool. and. So like a lot of people were like, where is that sound coming from? Because I had it mic'd in, uh, on my, you know, running to my DAW in cool. inside. So there was no feedback. So it was like kind of the best of both worlds. So if you're recording, if you can get like an ISO booth for the yeah. amp, you can get it's a completely different sound than anything you've heard before, especially when you can really dig in and oh get after gosh, it yes. um, without without worrying yeah. about the feedback. I was like, oh, this is yeah, so I've, cool. I've, like such I a really awesome find myself. Sound more frequently than not playing with uh like plugging into an amp just because you know it, it's it's like yes it just adds it just adds the sound and with the resonator and both um both jeffrey folkolt and joey landreth have said this um they've they came across this individually was when they recorded with their mules um what they did was they plugged into an amp and they mic'd the amp and made that one track. And then they mic'd the, the guitar itself and made that another track and then blended the two. And it's just a sound that, I mean, you listen to it on their recordings and it's just like, what, what even is that? <laughs> you know, because there's, yeah, it sounds kind of like yeah, a there's piano. No, there's no like precedent sort of. for it. It's not something that your ear goes, Oh, that must be, that must be, joey's do list you know kicked on it, it's it right. turns your brain off you just go oh like where is that coming from and so when when i'm playing at home on my resonator and i plug into the amp the resonator itself is loud enough to where the you know the amp's not overpowering it so you get kind of the stereo field where you're, the 
you know, if you're sitting on the porch, you're hearing that resonator, but you're hearing the amp in the next room and you're getting that whole room sound going too. And it's just this huge pipe organ type, you know, wall of sound. Yes. That's just <laughs> awesome. You know, you can't do that with your electric guitar. You can't sit on your porch and, you know, strum that and get that same sort of effect. And, and that's, it's just a fun rabbit hole to go down. Yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, me adding a bunch oh, yeah. of pedals to it, making yeah. it even weirder, you know, like putting a bunch of modulation on it. And it's like, oh man, it's uh-huh. just like, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great tool for somebody like me who is just obsessed with finding yeah. new sounds. Cause it's so, cause it yeah. is so different. And so, yeah, I mean, running that, that gets it. So even just, just, okay. So we've, we've talked about how unique and we probably used that word 400 <laughs> times and probably will continue to use that yeah. word 400 times, but it's very unique just by itself. You kind of start yeah. with the bass. It's like, wow, this well, is different. How about than this? How about I'm this new word? When you yeah. got your, when you got your mule the first time, did you find it like uncomfortable? Not like in setup wise, but like in what, what do I, what do I even play on this? No, no. Ironically, what was really funny because I'm I don't play yeah. acoustic very often. Um, read <laughs> never. Um, and and uh, and so I brought I got it out of the case, and my wife was like, "Wow, that looks really cool." And you know, she's also a huge Brian Fallon fan, so she was. This was a guitar she was actually mm-hmm. really excited about. Um, and she's <laughs> ironically, she's been asking me to get an acoustic forever. She's like, you got another electric, <laughs> like every time I get another, another electric guitar, I'm like, I love the electric yeah. guitar. Um, but, uh, she's been asking me to get an acoustic for a long time. Like you need to get a nice acoustic basically so she can tolerate <laughs> listening to me play Just to keep the volume down. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, you're always, yeah, it's just too loud. But, um. So she was excited about this guitar. I pulled it out and I was playing it and she's like, oh, she was like, this is what you need. It's like it's kind of like an electric guitar in tone, sort of, but it's definitely an acoustic guitar. And I was like, oh, I didn't really think about it that way. It is. The resonators are a weird like sonically. They're kind of a weird hybrid of the two, even when they're unplugged. I I agree 100 percent. So she she was like, this is your this is your acoustic. This makes a ton of sense. And so, yeah, I've been taking it to campfires and things like that. I'm like, yeah, yeah. this is my acoustic awesome. now. You know, like I, tr- I just kind of treat it like an acoustic guitar. It's set up, yeah. you know, standard tuning. Um, I'm thinking about actually dropping it down a little bit just for fun. But um, but yeah, I just set it up standard tuning. And no, it wasn't uncomfortable at all because it, it, I play it. I play it. Uh, I don't know. It just cool. felt very natural well, to me. Well, find its home. Um, and and. Yeah, the the response was 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 just what I needed. I don't know. It it, it kind of like I was like, "Yep, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be, and this is exactly awesome. what I wanted it to be." Well, I'm so glad it ended nailed, up with nailed you. it. Uh, it me, I'm looking at it right now. I keep I'm looking over like I'm talking into my mic and looking over my shoulder at it. Going, I'll, I'll mm, be with you in a second, baby. Mm, just, just just wait. <laughs> yeah, I'll be back. I'll be back. Yeah, we we'll be. We'll be would be it's it's a weird juxtaposition because right in front of my face i have uh it's on loan to me right now i'm so lucky i'm so freaking spoiled it's not even funny um uh jmar guitars he's a local luthier here in oregon uh it's a it's my first adventure into multi-scale land Ooh, have you ever messed with that i i have i've uh i've made a i've made a few of those fresh out of guitar school when when i learned it was a thing oh yeah you think that will be a a, a a mule thing at some point? No, absolutely not. Um, okay. <laughs> no, I mean, like uh, I, I had enough, I had enough PTSD from trying to cut those slots. So, um, oh, I, you know, I, gotcha. I really like the idea of it, and uh, I really like the feel of it. I think with like with like Ariel's with the short scale baritone, I think that that has its own tone. Um, you know with the string tension and stuff and so so i'll just leave it there and <laughs> leave the multi-scale to the, the people who can do it and leave them well enough alone <laughs> so. it's a it's an interesting thing i mean i i that you have lots of people who are multi-scale proponents probably i'm sure this is a thing that everyone says it didn't take nearly as much adjustment it almost yeah. took no no adjustment at all i was a, is, surprised is that a six string 
It's a six string. Yeah, yeah. six string multi-scale. Okay. It's it's only it's not like a wide fam. I've sure. never played any that are like super extreme. This is like a one inch difference um oh, from okay. high E to low E. Yeah. It's pretty subtle, but it it feels fantastic. Awesome. Um it even has a thinner neck, has a pretty thin neck on it, which I think most multi-scale builders tend to be on the thinner side, which okay. isn't my thing. I like the wizard necks and stuff. They they hurt my hands after a while anymore. Yeah. Um, but I think that because of how this is designed, it doesn't do that. I can play this guitar just fine, even though it is a really cool. thin neck. So awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah. Another um, fun rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah, and that's got it's it's got some weird pickups in it. He's gonna come on the show and talk about it here in a couple weeks. Oh, cool! It's got some really weird pickups in it that I I've. It's got like neo magnets and a bunch of other stuff. It's he's gonna have to describe it. It's okay. crazy. I'm gonna listen to it because I want to geek out about that stuff. Well, he may have talked about it before. So he was a uh, a co-host with Paul Roney on the Luthierist. Um, which I think they're in the middle of like going back and archiving all those episodes. That podcast is unfortunately no longer uh, current. Uh, like they're not putting out any new episodes, yeah, but I, I think that. they're, they're archiving the back catalog. And so he may have talked about it on okay. there somewhere. I'll look him up. Yeah. It's good. Good guy. Really unique. Interesting. The uh, interesting instruments. Awesome. And yeah. He's like five minutes or 10 minutes from my house. <laughs> oh, <so. cool. laughs> Makes it easy. Yeah. That's super cool. So speaking of of cool artists and all that stuff, you have quite a roster of players playing the mules now. Thank you for introducing me to Jeffrey, by the way. I, not like physically, but his music is yeah. Oh my god! So all kinds of my business. So good. He's so good. Yeah, he's so good. Um, that yeah, that's uh, Jeffrey Folkold, and um, he um, I've been listening to him for fifteen years, I think, and um, and then. I think that was maybe three years ago, four years ago. Um, he just sent me an email and was like, my wife, Chris, wants to buy me a guitar for my 40th birthday and I want it to be a mule. And I got that email. I was walking down the street with a friend of mine and I literally like sat down on the sidewalk. <laughs> I just like, you'll never guess who emailed me and wants me to build a happy birthday guitar for him. And uh, the first video that he sent me playing the playing that mule was him playing a Rainer Tachek song and I've I've watched that probably 300 times it's just wow. it's just one of those trippy things I think you're exactly right where we were saying earlier like how is this work that you do like with the podcast you know connect you with artists and makers and stuff and I, you know I I that was really clicking with me when you were talking about that because that's the whole thing for a guitar maker you know to like make this thing that is now in the world and then to see someone whose whose life work is is making use of that and mm -hmm. and just seeing that happen is just there's not a word for that emotion and it's just like the most special thing ever so yeah jeffrey uh is definitely like at the top of the list there for that stuff yeah, he's he's incredible. I I was it was kind of one of those moments when I seen it, I found him because you posted about it on Instagram and I was like found his music and I was like where have I been? Yeah. Like where like where is this this guy's been around for a while. I'm obviously very into music and very into that style of music too. Um What's I was just like, how did this go? How did I miss this? <laughs> well, like, I don't understand. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you found out. Have you been able to um, see him live? No, not yet. Not yet. I would really like to do that. My, so yeah. Now that now that I have two children, my live experiences are like. It, this is what the unfortunate reality is. Is I have both like more time than I've ever had before to like go catch things, but also my responsibilities are more than they've ever been. So like yeah. me and my wife love going to shows. Like that's one of our very favorite things to do together. We're both huge music fans and I, there's people coming into town, you know, people that have been on the podcast or that know about the podcast or something, you know, just whatever the case may be like, Oh dude, I'm, I'm in town tonight playing a show. And I'm like, Oh, I so badly want to yeah. go. While I'm holding like a crying infant, oh, I'm like, I can't take, I can't take them to my mom and dad's four times a week. You know, right. it's just like, that's just not yeah, cool. Yeah, that's gotta be you hard. Know? You uh, know, someone comes through once a year 
and it's got to end on the or it's got to be on the day that neither kid is having a meltdown and someone's there to watch them and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah, that yeah. would be hard. Well, I'm, I'm lucky because I have, you know, several people we can leave them with. I'm just like, I can't just, I just can't leave my kids that much. That's just not cool. You know, I not, am a parent. It's just yeah. not a, I am a dad first and foremost. So I gotta be that yeah. first, you know, and I'm a music lover, you know, seventh or something you know down 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 the line you know it's just just how it is i'm not complaining that might sound like complaining this is this these are um, very these are very very high quality problems to have i'm happy that these are problems this is totally i'm i i love these problems yeah (laughs) um but but that you know it's just and then and then there's the other side of the things where it's like my wife and I like a lot of the same artists, but then I'm a big heavy music fan, uh-huh. and so I I want to go headbang sometimes, and she <laughs> is not. So it's so it, there's that weird there's that weird juxtaposition too, where I am like I really want to go like do a hardcore show, but like I I'm already having to be picky with my shows, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know. Yep, and, yep. I definitely shouldn't go to one without my wife because she loves yeah. music too. So it's kind of a I'm like, when am I going to get to a hardcore? Yeah, you're show a hardcore again? fan. Twelfth. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe fifteenth. Yeah. I just pretend. I just put on uh, put on knocked loose uh, and and headbang in my car exactly. by myself, and that's about as close Take as I can, can get, get. So me. yeah, I'm again not I'm uh, mm-hmm. not complaining. This is these are this is fine. This is totally fine. Well, so other than Jeffrey and Ariel, who we've already talked about, and Joey, I guess, uh, who else have you gotten uh, in touch with uh, that through um, the mule Josh stuff? Smith has a has a mule, um, and he's uh, yeah, he's got a resonator, and I mean, he's just completely sick. You know, there's just yes, there's just is. nobody who who plays that smooth like he does. It's so seeing him, yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, seeing it's so him gross. do that on a, a resonator is well light your world on fire too um josh smith we're building uh we just started one for theo katzman and um that will be that'll be the most fun resonator that we've made <laughs> probably so far um uh, why is that well, he's his music is just so fun you know you uh, know well, that's and true. it's gonna that's be true. um it's gonna be a cutaway and it's gonna be pink and um Oh, how did I know oh, it was going to be it, pink? Yeah. I knew it was going to be pink. Be. Yeah. We, we, the first <laughs> pink guitar we did was for uh, Jason Momoa. And after we did. Oh, I forgot oh, yeah, about we, that. Yeah. That's so we'll cool. Talk Aquaman. Yeah. And um, yeah, so we did that pink one. And then uh, we just finished a pink resonator for him. And then, you know, Ariel's got his pink uh, Stratomule. And then, you know, we've done we've done a whole bunch of other pink ones since then. So. Yeah, might as well. Everybody. Yeah, I I oh, love yeah. the pink ones. I need I a know. pink guitar. I don't. I like. I know that the the pink guitar thing is supposed to be the guitar nerds thing, but they've infected me with it. I don't know if you've ever listened to their podcast. They have a fantastic podcast. Uh, they're a bunch of rad dudes oh, cool. from the UK. Um, they've been doing it longer than I have. They've been doing it forever. But uh, they uh, their their thing is shell pink. Yes. They're always going on yes. about shell pink. They all disagree on everything. It seems like, <laughs> except Shell Pink. They all love Shell Pink, and their their love of Shell Pink has oh, infiltrated yeah. my brain. I'm like, oh, I need a Shell Pink Telecaster yeah, Shell or Pink something. Is awesome. I, I'm gonna agree with them on that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It looks great on the the on uh. Which did you do? Well, let's back up. Let's talk about okay. the Jason Momoa thing. Yeah, let's that's back what we up. need to talk about. It's How did man. that happen? Um. Yeah, I love Instagram. So, it's the best. So well, yeah, what, the way that that happened was like it got in my head. I was like, it's like who have we not built a guitar for? Like we build guitars for all these amazing artists and and great customers and this and this. And I was like, you know, we haven't built a guitar for a movie star yet, you know. And um, mm-hmm. so then I'm on Instagram and. I see a picture of Jason Momoa playing CW Stone King's resonator guitar. And and I'm like, oh. wow, he's in resonators. That's cool. And then I was actually looking at buying um, an old na- a national wood body, like 
something national that was posted by like Emerald City Guitars, I think. And he commented, uh, Jason commented on it and said, like, love it, DM me. And um, so I ended up DMing him to see if he had bought it. And he sent me a picture of him like grinning ear to ear holding the guitar. <laughs> so, so he had like bought this guitar out from under me. And so then uh so then we started talking through there and uh and then me and the guys as kind of like a spoof thing made this video as like an audition tape for his series uh frontier it's on netflix where it's like this mm-hmm. canadian fur trader drama and so what we did we went out in the parking lot and we we did this spoof video about us throwing tomahawks in the parking lot and had music and all this stuff and it was funny and it was a disaster and so we posted that and then uh so then he messaged me and and said that he wanted a he wanted a dirty pink mule caster and i said i said well stories are better than money how about a trade and i was thinking like how about like a prop from his show you know and and uh yeah yeah i said so how about a prop from your show and and he said, he said, screw that, get over here and I'll kill you on camera. And I said, <laughs> and, and I, I said, well, where, where's, where's here? And he said, Bambro. And I'm like, I'm thinking, I have no idea where Bambro is. So I Google Bambro and Bambro is in like the upper peninsula of the UK. It's like, it's like this. Okay. It's the coast where nobody goes, <laughs> you know, like that sort of thing. And so they're they're filming this show. So mm-hmm. so um we get this guitar going, we get it done in a month, and then I'm in the UK um at a castle dressed as a red coat, running around in the wind and the rain all night long, getting like shooting guns and getting shot at. Um if for oh, this man. for this, this show. So awesome. <laughs> and um and uh, we filmed <coughs> him and I filmed a scene where uh where he knifed me in the head he killed two of my little friends that i was hunting him with and uh he knifed me in the head and then there were three other scenes where i shot some of his friends who were like running up this hill and um it was awesome yeah it was, it was is this out we can we watch this yeah it's it's um it's season 3 episode 5 and um the scene so the scene that um the scene that he killed me in unfortunately got cut um and i was kind of worried about it at the time because i mean it was three o'clock in the morning and it was windy and it was 30 degrees and they were really having trouble focusing the camera and they were like like getting like upset like the film guys were getting upset with each other about how this camera was working and i was kind of worried at the time like you know, is this going to get in? So I don't know if that it was that or not, but oh, uh, like it, maybe it wasn't very, they couldn't see very good or something. Type. Yeah. And so, but the, but the scene that um, I got in, is it the first scene um, in that episode? I'm on the red coat that pops up over the wall and shoots. And then they cut to me on the side and then I shoot and then kill one of his friends. No, man. And so that's, so that's like, my, <laughs> it's my like four and a half seconds of fame. Um, but uh, Jason is awesome. He's like, you know, I went in with some trepidation of how this was going to go, you know, of course. And, uh, he's, he's, he's a great human being, you know, like we'd be having dinner with him with, and the, you know, stunt guys and film crew or whatever. And it was very apparent that me being this guitar maker, who's randomly there was not this, not as crazy as it might've sounded. It sounded, it was like, everyone kind of had a story like that, you know, like, I met him after a hockey game and now I'm his personal assistant. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it was that sort of thing. He was he was very genuinely kind and, you know, hospitable and um it was just awesome. That's yeah, amazing. It was just yeah, it was super cool. So, um so the plan is now is that we just got done his resonator done and he's filming a movie in Pittsburgh. So, um I'm probably going to drive over there next week to drop it off. To- That's amazing. 
hopefully not have to do any acting, but <laughs> get it to them. Hopefully it's just a nice and easy, uh, nice and easy drop. But yeah, it was a great random story. That is so cool. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it when the, when, when things like that, I mean, that is, that is just, that's just kind of like, we've, we've talked about this with just about every guest. It's like, it's not like anybody in this industry, you know, especially, you know, boutique, uh, you know, steel bodied guitar industry uh, is just rolling in cash, you know, like nobody's just sure. Scrooge McDucking around, you know? Um, yeah. And, and so, but it's that stuff. That's the, that's oh why, gosh. that's why you do it. You know, that's, that's or, it's yes. the fun. It's the, just like you said, well, money, what, you know, money's great. I mean, you need money to survive. I'm not saying, I'm not, I'm not trying to downplay that at all. Um, I'm just saying like it, the stories, the experiences, that's, that's what makes this industry yes. so fun. That's what it's all about. Oh, it, it absolutely is. When you have that common ground with with your work coinciding with someone else's work, that's when you find yourself on a tour bus at 2 a.m. and Billy Gibbons is showing you this new app that he downloaded and explaining why his middle name is F. Oh. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and it's just like, oh my gosh, this is happening. And now I'm holding a can of chili that he gave me as a souvenir. And it's those things that happen that you know if you did anything else in your life would never happen you know yeah and that's exactly that's the currency that you trade on on the days that you're like what in the world like why am i doing this right (laughs) yeah what am i doing and and then you see that can of skyline chili on your bench and you're like oh yeah that's 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 why because you have this connection to other people and their life mission that you can't get when if you're at an office or something like that not to knock every other job in the whole world <laughs> but um it's just a really unique position to be in yeah it's 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 unique and i mean we we i think it would be it, it'd be crazy if we probably didn't say like it's all because of well whoever's listening to this right now you know what i mean it's there yeah it's like like it's like it's not like i did anything magical like they're the ones yes. that that are making all of this possible and so thanks to the listeners and the customers and stuff, because that's it's because of them that we get to have these experiences. It's not like it's not like we're some sort of mad genius or something like that. It's yeah, in a lot of ways. Yeah, and I think you're exactly right. I think we're the we're that like um where that energy comes from. I was talking to uh Theo Katzman about this too, where I'm sure it's the same to sort of energy that musicians get when they're playing on stage from a crowd it's not so much what it is. It's that you're part of this experience that includes other people. And it's so much bigger than what you can do on your own. So, you know, your listeners are getting something from you. You're getting something from them. This is so much bigger together than it could be separate. And that's just, it's just an awesome, it's an awesome feeling. And it's, it's, it's a really powerful, um, real powerful effect. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So one one other question about Jason, uh, real quick. Um, sure. How inferior as a man do you feel when you stand by him? <laughs> so I, I just look at him. I just look at him through you know digital sources. I'm like, man, I thought I was a real man. You know, I thought I was a manly man, but I'm You're not. not. I'm You're not. not though. No, I'm no, not. There, no, there was a picture of me and uh, um, me and my ex girlfriend and him standing together. And it's it was just hilarious. We laughed about it all the time. Is it an ex girlfriend because he took her, or yes. what's going oh, on? No, no, oh no, no, not at all. He, I'm he sorry, was, that was a bad joke. He, he was def he was definitely not her type. Um, he was six and a half feet tall. He's wearing at the time he was in the costume, so he was wearing leather pants and a leather jacket, and you know he was all done up in like blood or whatever, and. And then there was me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, uh, you know? and uh, I mean, yeah, he's just, he's just a lot, you know, everything, he, everything is a hundred with him. Yeah. He's a force for sure. Yeah. He's, oh, he's yeah. one of those people that just seem like, you know, there's people that, and you've kind of already confirmed this. He just seems like, and that seems like a guy I'd want to hang out with, you know, like, like that yeah. seems, there's just people who seem that way. And, yes. and, uh, you kind of confirmed that earlier, I suppose. Oh yeah, I you know, and I would say like, like the the intensity that you might imagine um, 
in like the work and like you know if you watch him like on film and stuff he he is equal to that in his interaction with people and not that in not in that context he's just as kind as he is intense he's just as conversational as he is like this giant of a guy you know and that was i came away from that kind of um kind of like really thinking about that it's kind of like you know if you were to play basketball against a guy in the nba you would really know what a level is like oh that's what that means to be that good at something or that's what that means to be that strong you don't know until you experience it and i think coming away from that with 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 him was kind of like maybe I thought I was kind, <laughs> you know? Right, right, but right. am I really? Or, like, maybe I thought I was a hard worker. And and not that you have to, everyone has to be this equal in all things. But it's like, but that was really work, you know? Like, that was really intensity. That was really owning it, you know? Or, you know, maybe I thought I was good at organizing people together, you know, for a common goal. But that's really what that means. You know, and so so that was definitely part of the experience, too. Yeah. When you see somebody who is excellent at something, doesn't really matter what it is. Um, right. It's just like when you see the top of the of the food chain, so to speak, in any field. Yes. It's it's kind of mind blowing. It's like, oh, yes. Oh, wow. You yeah. Know? Um, even like even with building guitars and I haven't seen this in person yet, but uh, do, have you do you follow a. Dave Patillo, I think is how you say his last name on Instagram at all. No, he's a he's a guy. His family. I don't know the whole story. He's supposed to come on at some point. Um, but it's the way I understand it. His family and his his dad specifically, I think. I hope I'm not butchering this. Uh, is they've they've been building instruments for a long time. And like when I see a headstock repair that that guy does, you yeah. can't tell. You cannot see it. It's like it yeah. never happened. It's it's insane. And like I see like his and like he's done a lot of work for Springsteen and like the top top of the food chain. So I cool. I look at some of that guy's work. People say like I've reposted it before and people are like that's not real. That's photoshop or that's whatever. <laughs> I'm like no, like that's real. He really did make that go yeah. away. Like yeah. completely vanish. And it's like all it's it's a it's a skill. Like he learned how to do that from his from his family, I believe, and yeah. and just like when you when you have somebody that's performing it at that level and there's others that 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 are that way as well you know but um it's just it just you you reframe what good is and right. you, you know you know it's yeah like we, we listen we to you do joe, that with oh go ahead, ahead. uh so we listen to joe rogan podcasts all the time and you know the guys that we get, that he gets on there to talk about stuff like this guy was on there talking about mushrooms the other day and we, we had made the comment was like I wish I would be able, like, in my life, be able to know as much about anything as this guy knows about mushrooms. <laughs> you know, it's just like this whole nother level. And I think there's a couple lessons to be learned when you experience that. Is one, you understand what that highest level is. And two, I think, you know, sometimes when, when I post a video of, you know, some guitar player playing, you'll get comments like, okay, I quit. Or, you know, you know okay i'm hanging it up and there's this element of self-confrontation that comes with inspiration where it's like okay if you watch joey or ariel or you know jeff play you're witnessing somebody's life work this is what they do you know for eight hours a day this is what they do you will not be able to compete with that you know and so what you do is go okay but what is my thing then you know maybe mm-hmm. maybe it is not the per i'm not going to build the perfect instrument but maybe what it is is this aspect of it and i think that's i think that's a powerful lesson too with that what comes with that high level is i'm i'm definitely the type of person who like if i see someone be awesome at something i instantly like want to also be awesome at that thing <laughs> you know and i've had to learn it's like you you only get one thing you know, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you, you, can't, you really do. Yeah, it's you, it's rare to get more than one thing. You got to pick, you know, especially especially if you're not naturally talented at at anything at all, you know, and everything is is bumps and bruises. So, um, you know, that's me. Yeah. Oh, for sure. A hundred percent. 
Agreed. Yeah. It's like everything I was like, I, I, I was talking about this uh, on, uh, I still do the Chasing Tone podcast with the, with Wampler um, almost every week. It's not, it's not always me. Sometimes he has some other guys on too, but we were just talking about it on the latest episode where I was like, I, I am a bad guitar player. Like I am just now getting to a point where I'm comfortable showing people that the, like my playing on a regular basis. Yeah. Um, and it's taken me, you know, how many, I think I first touched a guitar when I was maybe like 10. Yeah. Like, you know, I think I actually picked it up in earnest when I was between 12 and 14. I can't really exactly remember, but it's taken that long for me to even be like real comfortable with like, posting a, a pedal demo you know <laughs> right like yeah just because i i don't feel like i was even good enough of a player before yeah. like i as much as i love it and as much as i play i i, I finally am getting to a point where like okay this is ex- an acceptable level of oh it's it's good enough you yeah. know it's not the best but it's, it's good enough yeah you know? i think you could write like a whole book on good enough you know it's like yeah. it's it's like <laughs> It's a, just a very challenging concept that I think as instrument makers, I, I definitely think about this a lot, you know, especially as a professional. It's like, so we need to get instruments to customers and we, we, this is our life. So we care about it deeply and we want them to be the absolute best that we can. And it has to be good enough. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. we could keep instruments here forever until they're perfect but you can't you know you just can't right. they have to be as good as you you have to be as good as you are today and not try to be as good as you will be tomorrow and that's just it's just this incredibly challenging thing to be okay with good enough and uh what comes with that yeah i mean yeah that's that's <laughs> it's funny cuz i'm looking around the room I, you know, I, I did a ton of work. I didn't build this, this room entirely myself, but I did a lot of oh, it. Cool. And unfortunately, unfortunately, that's my, that's like my MO with construction. Yeah. I'm like, eh, that'll work. <laughs> and then it's, and then it's like, why is that door not closing? Yeah. Right. It's like, oh, cause you framed it like an idiot. <laughs> like, that's why, like, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, and so I'm like, there's, there is, there is good enough. That is, that is, but there's also like, don't do what I do with construction and be like, yeah, eh, we'll just eyeball sure. it and it'll be all right. Sure. You know, like, like got to be a little better than that which you guys obviously yeah. are but there is something to that and it's it goes with songwriting too mm-hmm. like like and and music creation and everything it's just like at some point at some point people kind of need to hear yes. it you know i guess they don't need to it's not like a, you can do whatever you want with the things you create yeah. you know that's that's entirely valid but at at some point it's it's hard to imagine like i've always wondered like if there's a bob dylan that no one's heard oh you know sure. like if, if there's like some guy somewhere in a basement, maybe with his mule, Absolutely. who knows, um, just writing the best songs we've Absolutely. never heard before. And he doesn't think they're good or a girl or whoever, Guaranteed. anybody, somebody. Yes. Yeah. There's somebody out there that's got like the best catalog of stuff written ever. Yeah. Yep. And, well, I think, you know, my dad, he's not, I'm not comparing him to Dylan, but my dad has wrote some really good songs and no one but the family yeah. heard them. And it's like. I'm like, come on, let's go, let's go, come sure. over and record them. Like, let's go to the studio. And he's like, oh, I don't know, you know. Yeah. Like, I don't, I'm like, they're good songs. They really are good. I'm not just, I'm not just saying that because you're my dad. If they they weren't good, I would tell right. you. Like, eh, maybe we need to work on this. You know, no, they're really good. And so I'm like, if he's doing that, and he's not even obsessed on the level that you and I yeah. are, um, there's got to be somebody somewhere that's just got gold. They're sitting on yeah. gold, just and sitting on the and it's the tragic, best. you know, and. And I think we can get caught up in that when we don't recognize our own uh, limitations on things. We think that we have all the time in the world to um, get this good enough for everybody to like it or to every, you know, that this will pass my rigorous, you know, standard for myself when, you know, like that's a different game to be played, you know, like. You could do that. You could have this idea that there's some standard or you could just write a song and get it out there and someone's going to like it and someone's not going to care that you were a little flat there or not even notice it. And if you keep it to yourself, you're playing it, playing this different game, you know, and I see that with makers, too, where, you know, like the obsessive, you know, this must 
be the most perfect everything or else it's not leaving the shop that's a fine thing to do but you're making choices that make that's what your goal is is this pursuit of perfection when maybe that's a really great instrument and someone could have been writing songs on it or maybe instead of making eight guitars a year you could have made 50 and there could be 300 new songs out there in the world you know and it's it, i'm not saying one is better than the other but if you have to be aware what game you're playing because that's how you inform your decisions and um and that's something that we definitely try to balance here where it's like our our greatest joy is getting guitars to musicians and hear them play their music on it and the decisions that we make always come after that you know it, it that is right. that is the first right. goal is i want to get as many of these guitars to people as possible because when they pick them up and they play them and they hear something they haven't heard it's just amazing why would i why would i put ahead of that you know some crazy self-loathing standard of unattainable perfection <laughs> you know it would be very right. selfish right and it's it's it is about us and our work but it's really more about like you were saying with your like listeners and stuff it is more about them you know they need guitar uh, we have a wait mm-hmm. list uh, you know that are it's 90 people long they're waiting for their guitars they want to play on them they want to write music you know and so so you know we got to make decisions and do good work and get them their guitars absolutely a hundred percent well so we're getting down to the last couple minutes here this has been a great chat i think i could talk oh, to you all day you too let's we have a, let's drink some more we, coffee we vibe good and hang out <laughs> all right well we will i mean we'll uh maybe we'll oh, do yeah. a little for patreon yeah that'd for be sure. a good uh yeah sounds good but before we before we wrap up there's actually um some new there's a new last question or la- there's a, well, let me backpedal. There's a new uh, standard question, I should okay. say, at the end, uh, in addition to the, the classic one. So, and I don't know this about you, but uh, what it would your favorite boss pedal be? <laughs> My favorite boss pedal? Um, was Metal Zone a boss pedal? Absolutely. Okay, yeah. so I had a Metal Zone. Yeah, in high school, I would fall asleep listening to Black Label Society. Like I would literally yeah. put on headphones and then go to sleep, and just like hope that that was like seeping into my bones. And so I got a, <laughs> I got a metal zone because it said metal zone on it, and that was <laughs> you know I think it had like switches on it too. Oh no, it had the double knobs. You know, like yeah, the concentric dots. The concentric, yes, and I it was just like my first foray into gear geekery. So. Yeah, gotta go with the metal zone. Nice, the metal zone. Yeah. I love it. I'm uh, quite literally wearing a metal zone T-shirt right now. So <laughs> awesome! I, I approve this message. Cool, that's fantastic. Good alley you. All right. So, all right. So uh, then, the, then I guess I gotta revisit since it's been so long. How how are you feeling about pizza these days? What's your favorite? <laughs> what's your favorite slice? You know, like we still we still stick. I don't remember what your last answer was. To be perfectly honest, I. I've kind of forgotten. Yeah, I don't remember but. either. I would say, um, I would say, my favorite. We ha- here in Michigan, we have Jets, and I think Jets is like the perfect mix of like a good enough pizza, um, plus, um, you know, it's cheap and good and accessible. But I I spent five six years in Chicago, and I have got to say that I'm not a fan of Chicago style pizza. I I, I, ah. I, I'm just going to put that out there so that, you know, your listeners can fight amongst themselves in the comments. But it's just it that deep dish pizza is too much for me. It's too much cheese. I, I need to get to Chicago so I can have a like I've had Chicago style pizza from various places in Portland. Yeah. And, you know, as as I've had various New York style pieces uh, in Portland, mm-hmm. now that I've been to New York, I can kind of pick out which which Portland spots are legit, okay. like New York style, yeah. but I don't, and, and we definitely have some, which is awesome, but uh, I've never been to Chicago. So I feel like I can't really comment on, on whether I like Chicago deep dish or not. I, I have, I have enjoyed 
the Chicago style pizzas I've had around oh, okay. here, but I don't know if they're le- I don't know if they're legit. I I, I don't um, know if it's that much of a science. You probably got you probably got a good enough idea. No, there's something, <laughs> no, there's something to it. You gotta you gotta have the real well, deal. You can't. I feel like I, you, I you would know, say to I comment. would say the vibe. Chicago is a really vibey city. I love Chicago to death. I I I honestly do. I think I think it's one of the greatest cities around. Um, so I think eating Chicago style pizza in Chicago that might change the game for you. Yeah, I just need to try it. I still kind of think that it's more of a casserole or a dish than, than a traditional place. Yes, it's, but it's a pizza related. It's a pizza esque yeah, thing. Pizza I don't know. It's a you know, there's pizza and then there's pizza cousins, you know, and I feel like that's a, it's a, like a calzone. A calzone. No one's debating whether a calzone's a pizza oh, or no, not, right? No. But it's definitely pizza related yes. for yes. sure. So, um, yeah. So anyway, I kind of think that that's how Chicago style is in my head. It's like it's kind of like a what a calzone is to a regular slice of pizza. It's a different it is thing. A different it's related. Thing. Yeah, but, I think I think that's fair. Yeah. Cool. All right, where can everybody find you? Where do you want to point people to? Um, MuleResophonic.com is the website, and that's where you would go to give me money for guitars. <laughs> and then Mule Resonator Guitars is on Instagram, and that's where you go to um, check out our pictures and videos of guys playing, um, playing them and staying up to date. All right, sounds good. Everybody go check out Matt's stuff. It's great. It's awesome. And he's awesome. So, oh, thanks, man. You too. Do it. All right, everybody. For Matt, this is Blake. And as always, folks, good luck and good tones. All right. We did it. There's another one in the can, done, wrapped up, good to go. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. And yeah, I mean, if I can get Jason on the podcast, that would be amazing. Ah, I'm a fan. I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a fan. Uh, yeah, that would be a killer. But, you know, you never know what, what could happen in this crazy, crazy industry. So, you know, fingers crossed, but I'm not going to be holding my breath for that one. But one thing I would like to say, if there are people you would like on the show, some some interesting characters or some musicians or builders or whatever, you know, a lot of you do message me with that stuff. And I can't get to everyone, um, but I do try to get to as many as I can. Got, fortunately, quite a backlog of, of episodes in the can and ready to drop, so... We're, we're nice and ahead, not not struggling for, for episodes in any way, shape, or form. So that's good. But if there are people that you would like to hear, you know, one of the best ways you can do that is to, like, tag them on their social. Be like, hey, go on the Tone Mob podcast. We'd love to hear you on the Tone Mob podcast. That's the best way. As a matter of fact, we recorded one, or we? I'm, I'm by myself. I recorded one with Daniel Donato here recently that was instigated by Blake Lawson. So shout out to B- listener Blake Lawson. He... Got us in a Instagram DM together, and that was the the push we needed to finally get that episode recorded and uh, ready for you guys. So that'll be coming out pretty soon. If you don't know who he is, hit the Google machine and uh, prepare to want to quit guitar. He's an insane, insane guitar player. Super cool guy. Uh, so yeah, I'm saying that stuff works. Not all the time. Not a guarantee, but it's better than nothing. So that's the, that's the way to get people's attention these days. All right. I think that's it. That's enough rambling for now. I hope to hear from you guys soon, and I will talk to you next week. And please don't forget to share this with a friend. You enjoyed this episode. If this is a thing that you like to see happen or hear happen, that probably is more accurate. Then, yes, share it with anybody that you can possibly think of that would be interested in this stuff. I I personally didn't get started on my podcast journey until my friend Leon just kept pushing me to listen to Chasing Tone, which is strange that I'm now a co-host on that half the time or most of the time uh, and and that's kind of what got this all started so yeah sometimes it takes uh takes you being that annoying friend listen to this podcast not too annoying though don't be that guy all right i will talk to you next week bye bye one last thing before we totally sign off here i just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com stringjoy 
and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is tonemob.com slash stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.